Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you feeling today? I mean, after a draw, right, it's always a bit of a mixed feeling, but considering what we were missing heading into the match, right, I mean, like, it's hard to complain too much. Um, you know, because like I said, I, I feel like up against a tough Seattle team and after what they did against um, Minnesota, which again, Minnesota got wrecked again, but, you know, you you had to you know, you weren't necessarily beaming with confidence heading to this match, knowing that you were probably going to be missing both Rossi and Vela again um, into week two. And I mean, the list of injuries has only grown more significantly since the first week. Yeah, I think I think once that injury report came out, everybody kind of had their you know a pit in their in their stomach, seeing that you know how many it was like seven or eight names, and it wasn't just seven or eight names. It's you know, at least five or six of them are big names and, and regular starters with Vela and Rossi and Blackman. Um, kind of, kind of like and leaving Baird Wusovsky. Was Baird was on there. So, I mean, just a really, <laughs> a really bad report to see shortly before the game. Um, and then you see something like Blackman is on there for health and safety protocols. Vela was listed for health and safety protocols. So, just a lot of confusion. Yeah, and there um, has been an update regarding what that situation with Carlos Vela. I guess what had happened was on Friday or whenever they're supposed to report for um, testing, he missed it due to a family issue, and so mm-hmm. wasn't able to to make his test. So then he was effectively now barred from the match because of health and safety. But they were likely going to hold him out anyways because of the the quad tweak from the from last week. Okay. Okay. So I think there's yeah, been some and I mean, I assume that's kind of that. the same thing as Blackman. Then I don't know if what I didn't see anything about Blackman because again, the someone had had said that he had posted on one of the social medias that he hadn't been feeling well, so he may have actually, you know, contracted it. But I mean, I I thought that they had said that the everyone had, I mean, almost all of North American soccer teams had all already received the vaccine. So my guess is, I mean, if he ended the did I'm getting, it's probably not going to be a full blown issue. And you're probably going to see what, 10 days yeah. from the start and then go from there. So, or maybe it was I'm like sure. the, he had a fever thing. So they held him out for whatever reason, because that's yeah, the protocol. It, it does say on there, right? Any other health issues, yeah. even not yeah. COVID related. So. All right. Well, um, as you all know, now, uh, LAFC drew against Seattle at home yesterday, um, one to one. We are a day late. We weren't able to record yesterday, so apologies for that. I believe Josh was at that giant Josh battle on yeah. Twitter. Did you did you see this, Josh? Were you yeah, there? Yeah. Is that is that why we're? <laughs> I mean the the little guy who was I think initially we thought he was five, but turned out to be four, ended up winning the whole thing. But you know, so you got slain was... with a pool noodle by a uh, yeah, four year old. Absolutely. After an epic game of rock, paper, scissors as well. <laughs> Tweet all your hate for us being late uh, at LAFC Josh. Please, not me. <laughs> but, I mean, of all the things to miss for, I mean, like, it sounds like a pretty good reason. You know, just random Josh's meeting in a space to fight it out for the ultimate supremacy. <laughs> a giant LARP fest, right? Apparently. Okay. Um, so, again, the draw against Seattle... Um, not the greatest result again in the face of everything. Um, not a terrible result when you don't have a single DP on the field 
um, and you're able to come away with at least some points. Um, It's it's a weird performance. Sometimes when you score early like that, and especially when it's on a set piece, um, you tend to spend the next 85 minutes looking at it like, ah, what what are we doing in this match? How where are the goals going to come from? And because you don't see any more goals, I feel like you come away a little bit more discouraged than you should be. Um, what did you think of the team's performance despite missing everybody? So actually, I felt like the defense and midfield looked fairly good. I mean, I think for the most part, you know, they, they were able to disrupt what Seattle wanted to do, though Seattle as a team has changed since since compared to the teams we've seen in, in previous years where they're more they got that trendy three man back line yeah, going. They're back into that three five <laughs> three five two or whatever it whatever it looks like, as opposed to, you know, their their typical four two three one that we've seen Schmetzer roll out for mm-hmm. forever. Right. And it it I think they're one you know, obviously the absence of Jordan Morris is my guess is why they've had to make the switch because they just don't and have Nico. enough. Nico is not yeah, Nico there either, yeah. so Right, so they don't have quite that same attacking threat, so they're trying to be a little bit more, more counter attacking. But at the same time, right, given the, the roster that LAFC rolled out yesterday, you weren't going to see a progressive LAFC, LAFC team in the way they were used to either, with right. little to no creative, you know, creative threats out there. And so, you know, I think it just set up for a weird weird match where it just kind of looked ugly at times but at the same time like i said the defending was generally there with the exception of you know the couple instances from our our deputized right back um but other than that like i said i was encouraged by the way that the midfield looked at times because it did look like they were able to control things against rolled you know rolled on and i forget who they're um Jean Paulo, i think well brad smith playing outside but it was Jean Paulo and and Roldan. Are you talking the about middle. the other Roldan? The Christian yeah, yeah, Roldan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. the middle of the field, like against their against their midfield trio, like our guys look fine. Um yeah. you know, and so it again, I my issue I think with this game and my takeaway was more that the roster build feels a little bit lacking of creativity outside of our DPs, right? And I, obviously in major league soccer that that can be asking a lot, right? But we've had a couple guys in that same vein. Right, they can come in and create, you know, whether it was a Lee win um, in the past or, you know, maybe that was the only one. Right. But again, I mean, I guess. I mean, you um, had Dio. Dio could create on his yeah. own. Orta uh, or to a certain. I mean, that's what and, he was brought. The ball away. Right. Andre Orta was brought in to be a creator in the midfield. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether he didn't actually did that is a whole other story. Um, Atuasa, I think, has the ability. But again, you just didn't see anyone pulling the strings in the way that you would have hoped, you know, um, with the game, you know, with a game that you could have won, right? Like, obviously, yeah. like, you feel that gate, that goal you gave away, you know, relatively, you know, it, you, it feels like a cheap goal to give up just because it was a positioning issue on the, on the you know, from um, Farfan on that right-hand mm-hmm. side where, where Smith had been occupying. But at the same time, you know, it's a winnable game at that point, right? Seattle didn't really show us, you know, didn't take over the game the way that we were, you know, that I was probably expecting them to, given everything we had been missing, you know? So, you know, you just, you're just asking for someone to do something and it just wasn't, it never came, right? It's the guys that are out there, whether it be, you know, K or Blessing, you know, just the, they're not those kind of guys, right? Our, 
and it becomes a problem in absence of our DPS, right? That are the counter presses our only, you know, form of creating chances. Right. Right. Yeah. I. It's it's tough because I mean, just last week we were talking about you know Corey Baird looked great against Austin. Opoku looked great against Austin. Cifuentes continues to impress, and then that's your front three, and it's like okay. Well, this obviously isn't good enough. Cifuentes, not a false nine. Um, and I felt like that really showed yesterday um, with a lot of his passing. So when he would get on the ball in like a traditional 10 spot, he's not able to find uh, the feet of Opoku or Baird through defenders or diagonally, you know, across lines or anything like that. Um and he's not, I, I don't know if he's not quite confident enough to just go it alone and see what happens. Um, but it just, you know, he's in a tough spot because that's not his position. Um, and I think it was, I, who was commentating? Was it Taylor Twelman yesterday? He talked about how it would sometimes look like a 4 4 2. I never, I never really saw where they looked like a four diamond two, which is what I would assume they would have been playing with with Cifuentes and kind of this inverted nine role. Um, just because K and, and blessing were basically playing their same, their same game that they always do in the four, three, three, there was no adjustment there. Um, I so mean, I, I think, I, I think the thought was, if you think about it, right, it's more that out of the four, three, three Baird and Baird and Apoko are just asked to get in behind with Cifuentes trying to pull, to drop in and yeah, then, and, then yeah. and release them as opposed to, you know, usually the way that, that they'll play, right. Is they'll build up opposite of Carlos Vela, right. So they build up mm-hmm. along that left-hand side, switch the play. So Vela gets a one-on-one and then you have Rossi making that back, that backdoor run. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, or, or Vela takes the opening or feet, you know, plays a one, two with whoever the center forward is at the time. Right. That, that's the, the, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The blueprint, but there's a there's a word that they use they use in in soccer circles when you're talking about like your how you're approaching the game at that point, right? Your patterns of play, yeah. right? So your uh-huh. pattern, yeah. your your pattern is generally that, right? It's build up to the left, switch the play, backside run, ballot ball at the feet does does magic, right? Yeah. That's the messy messy Jordi Alba connection type of thing, right? As opposed to what you saw yesterday was supposed to be something closer to probably, you know. Liverpool three years ago, where it's Firmino drops in and then you just hit runners, right? And yeah, then and, yeah. and get them in space. But Seattle with the three man backline, right? You're not the way that Cifuentes was moving and the way, you know, with the midfield three wasn't pulling one of those three center backs up high enough to be able to now create a mismatch for the either of the wings. So now it's just two on three every single time he's trying to feed and then just yeah. nothing there. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's a good time. I, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show and I don't know if listeners care at all, but to go back to the original false nine, uh, match where you had what, it was 2009, I think Barca against Real Madrid. Um, mm-hmm. and you have Messi in the false nine role unannounced when it's like the kind of the first time anybody's seen it and the wingers is on the fly. So it's, um, it was David Villa and like Pedro or something like that. I don't think so. It was. Uh, I thought. 
it was a, it was a oh shoot now now i just look stupid for not knowing off the top of my head i'll, I'll think of it in a second um, but I mean, the idea is Messi pulls out one of the two center backs, right? Because mm-hmm. they know that he's going to be man marked. Um, and again, it's, it's not, it doesn't exactly work against a, the three man back line, especially if Cifuentes isn't, you know, isn't viewed as that much of a threat where Seattle's just content to still sit back. Um, are you looking for that by the way? Right. Samuel Eto? The- yes. Eto. Yes. Right. That so was then- one of them, at least on, on that day. It may have been David Villa back then. I, I honestly on the can't other remember. Side. But, but regardless, I mean, the tactic in itself is, right, he's supposed to pull one of one, and then you have a two-on-one from the wingers making runs in, into space, correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Versus what, so if, if Sofuentes isn't driving forward, and even then against a three-man back line, I don't see it as a tactic that's well, going to Well, because the idea now is you've, you've lost your numerical advantage, right? So the... That's the general idea with the false nine. And obviously, again, yesterday was just kind of this, um, this, it's a spot start for everybody, right? That, that's yeah. what Cifuentes is doing. He's just, he's just trying to fill in. So we probably talked that one to death already, though. Um, I, I, I did, I did, I do share your concerns, though, about the roster build and, the idea that I don't, I don't know where the creative forces are if the DPs aren't on the field and Atuesta is just kind of bottled up. I mean, you can have Atuesta back there and sure it's going to be fine, but when the five guys ahead of him aren't necessarily finishers or, or really polished attackers, that's when you're going to struggle. And that's clearly what happened yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, I know, I know we've resisted, they've resisted having like a true 10 that can pull, you know, a Nicoladero type that can pull the strings. We mm-hmm. talked about this, you know, in the, when, in the Champions League final, right? In terms of mm-hmm. there just not being someone, you know, who's the guy that kind of sews it all together at times, especially when you're in absence of Natuesta. And, you know, again, while if you're, when you're speaking about truly just the counter press or some of those things, right? K blessing, those guys look fine, right? Cause that's what they do. But in terms of actually having a midfield that, that can do something, or if you don't have a midfield that can, that can create in that way, are the fullbacks going to provide that? And yesterday they could not do that either. Right. So yeah, when yeah. you don't have, you know, fullbacks that are providing service or just, Oh, you know, or, you know, or can switch the player, can do something to just get things moving around a little bit more. You know, you need someone in the mid in the middle of the park to write to be able to you know to you know to create. And it's just again, I I can't. You know, you're asking Bryce Duke to come in there late to try and figure some that stuff out. It just you know, it's a lot to ask of him at that point. It's a lot to ask of Sufuentes. And then you have to wonder, like, okay, do you do you not plan for this? You know, do you not think about this in the roster build? you know, in the off season thinking that, okay, Vela already has injury history and you're probably planning on selling Rossi at some point, right? And, and Rodriguez isn't there. So who, mm-hmm. where was it going to come from anyways, right? Knowing that though any of those three guys could potentially be gone for whatever reason, right? And then now all three of them are out, you know, so, you know, what's the next move? I don't know. Right. So the question is, you know, what happens, I guess June, right. Is basically we're waiting for the rest of the month to kind of figure things out. Yeah, I mean, given the way that LAFC has built in the past, um, I don't see them bringing in anybody else. And the midfield's already crowded as it is. So 
uh, I think I think it really is just a matter of getting everybody healthy and back on the field and figuring out what you're going to do with Rodriguez. And from there, you know, it's either going to be a DP for some sort of DP forward or, or maybe somebody that slots into the midfield. But I, at this point, I would, I would just assume that it's going to be another DP winger because yeah. that's, that's because what I mean, do, to me, right? it, it, it feels stale right now. Right. I mean, for us, for as much magic as that this team has provided over the last couple of years, right. It's getting to a point where it's like in absence of, you know, a number nine that can just take over games, right. The, the, you know, the way that Zlatan did, you know, at times, or, you know, Lewandowski at times, you know, for whether for Dortmund or for Bayern, you know, in absence of one of those guys, right. What, you do you, you can't really play these midfields that are just there to be stable, right? Like Liverpool ran yeah. into this problem, you know. You know, in the year they lost to Madrid, right, where it's like um, the fullbacks hadn't quite come into their own in terms of being a creative force like they were the next year, right? And so, but your midfield has zero creativity in it, right? It's like Genie Wijnaldum and Jordan Henderson, like just mm-hmm. they pass more, sideways and backwards more than they do forward, right? Where where is the advancement from the midfield coming from? You know, is it, is it, and you know, sometimes I can, you, you expect it to be Atuesta, you know, as that Regista, but then sometimes he's just too deep to really make, you know, something happen. You know, like he's, he's just hitting these long diagonals to what, right? It's, mm-hmm. you know, you hit, if he does it to the midfield, I'm not confident that the, you know, that either blessing or K is going to be able to make a turn and then now create for one of the forwards. Right. If if yeah. you're asking the eights to push in the space, so then where you know what's what is the actual tactic at that point, right? Is it is it these free eights pushing into the box, right? Like Manchester City style, or what Berhalter has been doing, you know, with with McKinney, or is it you know the 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 full you know the midfield that basically just covers for the the fullbacks in into the in the flats while the fullbacks create, but I don't see, really see that either. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And I mean, it's, it's made more difficult because we really haven't seen this team together yet. Um, with Rossi being out and Vela being subbed off quickly and then disappearing again. So, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to say. And I, I feel like it's going to take us a few weeks to, to really see if this team is going to have it, um, or if it is going to continue to be a little bit stale. Um, one thing that I'm reminded of is, you know, for the, for the bulk of the season last year too, they were without Vela and, uh, once they, once they got into CCL, things looked a lot better and they were able to, they were able to outrun almost all the, almost all the Mexican teams that they came up against. Right. So, um, I don't know. There is promise there. I think I tweeted out before the first game, before I went into the Canyon, that like this is a team that was 20 minutes away from winning CCL and had run the gauntlet of the best Mexican teams out there. So can they do it? Yes. It's just a matter of, you know, can we get everybody healthy at the same time, I think. And um, I, I do I do wonder if that's going to be more of a problem this year um, as it's it, it hasn't started off well for us. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I I start to wonder right when I you know at least 
from a physical therapy perspective, right? When you see this this injury list start to grow, is there concern about some of these? But and again, a lot of the stuff that they're dealing with is all acute, right? It's like Vela and and Musovsky reaching out for balls, right? Like yeah, it's just you get yeah. caught in weird positions, and even Musovsky's it looked like he had like he took a like a weird shot from the center back, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was from Bizar, you know, it's just a weird angle, right? So it's just one of those situations where it's like. I try, you know, trying to project forward. Okay, is this going to be a problem while you're long? If if rush back, I think it probably could be, right? So yeah. it's just one of those things where it's like, man, we're going to have to eat eat the results in this early stages because, you know, and maybe that's a good thing, right? Because we've, you know, in the last couple of years, maybe we peaked too early, right? Yeah. That's definitely yeah. happened at times where it's like, oh, look, we're on the high of whatever it looks like, and then all of a sudden. Right, they they get into playoffs and they just looked exhausted. Right, maybe this is the pullback early in the season. Get healthy, stay fit. You know, keep your energy, rotate appropriately, and then when you get into a, you know the slog of July, start getting things kicked back into gear. Then you hit October, November playoff. You know, into playoff season at full strength. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point about about starting off slow. I mean, this is Seattle's model, right? Is start yeah. slow. And we'll eventually get healthy and uh, make a strong playoff push. And they've been to four of the last five MLS Cup finals, um, which again, you and I talk about it quite a bit. We don't like the idea that there's a a playoff system to decide who's best in a soccer competition, but um, specifically a league soccer competition. I get it. UEFA Champions League is different, but... Um, Regardless, that's that's kind of their model, right? Start slow, start to peak, and then just bring it in the playoff matches, and that's that's how they've been so successful. I mean, it's it was the mo of the Shaq Kobe Lakers for the whole dynasty. Yeah, right. Like Shaq would show up forty pounds overweight, right, and then you get to about mid after the All Star break, he finally starts taking things seriously, and then by playoff teams, they're just wiping the floor with people. And you know, again with. With older teams, with veteran teams. Nearly going undefeated in the playoffs, right? Absolutely, right? And it's it's one of those situations where I think with veteran teams, it it comes with the territory, right? Maybe, maybe, you know, again, maybe we're we're asking a lot to see the high-flying, you know, hard-pressing, you know, and maybe the coaching staff has kind of realized it's like, no, with with Carlos Vela, with some of these guys, right, you have to, you have to ask a little less of them to make sure that they're ready for when you need them to be as opposed to, can you go ball to the wall, you know, for this entire, you know, for a, a 30 game brutal schedule, you know, in major yeah. league soccer, that's already a bad, you know, it's already a tough schedule in a normal year. And now with it being even more mm-hmm. condensed, you know, you know, again, maybe, maybe it's exactly what we need. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think what you're kind of seeing is some load management with Carlos and just making sure that, you know, they, they protect, the most important piece of the team there and making sure that he's available uh, for the duration of the season. Um, I, we, I feel like we got off on a bit of a tangent there, but um, wanted to bring it back to the game before we get into some of the questions. Um, a few things that I noticed the back line, again, you have three of the four pieces there that, that need to be there for, for stability. Um, again, we haven't seen moon at right back, but you're obviously missing Blackman. Um, and as you said, Farfan comes in and deputizes it right back. Um, and looks okay. Not great. Um, 
again, he's a, he's a left footer who's on that side. You and I have talked about how I don't prefer that because I don't like them passing with their weaker foot. You see it a couple of times. He overcooked, I don't know, probably uh, at least three or four passes on his right, trying to, you know, play a ball with touch and it ends up just sailing either right by the, the person or over his head or whatever. Um, also had some trouble tracking runners. I think, I think he was tasked with coming into the midfield more and that's probably due to him being a left footer. Uh, I did notice a couple times he would come up into the midfield to, to man Mark Rui Diaz, which made it more confusing to me when he would lose Rui Diaz. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of like, I think it was like 13 minutes in and there's a goal kick and it's played directly to, I don't know, Joao Paulo or Christian Roldan or somebody who flicks it right over the back line to Rui Diaz, who is wide open and, Marco Farfan is just like running back. I mean, at full, like at full stride, just sprinting back, trying to get there desperately. Ends up making some sort of challenge in the box. Uh, Rui Diaz wanted a penalty, but the ref wasn't having it. So it was just, there were too many times for me where he was just out of position um, and not able to connect in the right way. So when you have that kind of instability, it, 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 makes the the rest of the back line have to cover LAFC obviously escape with it with an okay result. Um, but that, that to me was the weakest point on the field, uh, in terms of defending. Um, and you know, normally you get some sort of creativity from, from Blackman in the final third, but, uh, I didn't feel like it was that big of a deal to be missing him in the attack. So I don't know. what do you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, he was asked to do a lot of things and was able to do about half of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, and in a weird spot, right? Like you said, you give credit where credit's due. Like, he was able to do what he could. Um, you know, after, you know, again, I, I don't think he was probably expecting to be there, right? I think, he, mm-hmm. you know, they, and I think they've been his goal, his job, you know, and when they brought him, they signed him, was to come in and be Palacios' backup and rotate a mm-hmm. rotation piece at times. But, you know, you just, you know, again, I think it just speaks more volumes to, again, what we talked about earlier and the concerns about the way that the roster is constructed and what we potentially could be missing um, and what they may need. You know, like I said, if we're if we're worried about the, the second string fullback, right, not being able to create and do whatever it is, I mean, mm-hmm. again, I think we have bigger problems. You're in a pretty good spot, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... So with the, a couple other things on that is, you know, him getting beat for pace by Brad Smith isn't ideal, but like you said, it's a backup fullback. So um, you're going to have to live with some of that. Um, he doesn't do a great job tracking Rui Diaz on the goal, but Blessing does an even worse job of tracking Brad Smith, who just waltzes right in and, and picks up the rebound um, for his second goal. Um, in MLS. And I mean, you're not talking about a worldie in Brad Smith. It's so it's funny because you see Farfan look over his shoulder at Rui Diaz and then Rui Diaz breaks on the ball. And then he's like, Oh, I got to cover him. And he does an okay job of pressuring him. Um, But you know, still doesn't, he's not close to winning the header, but again, what blessing is doing, not picking up the other runner in the box is, 
beyond me. Uh, and you know, you and I have talked about that plenty over the, over the past year and a half, but, um, yeah, it's ultimately that's the problem on the back line. We talked about the problem in, in the, in, you know, the, the front three, but again, you're talking about Corey Baird kind of leading the attack with, um, Jose Cifuentes, who's an eight and Mahala Poku, right. Who's not really, he's not really the guy yet. I think, I think he can be something special. I think he uh, can be a guy that comes on and energizes the team and runs at tired legs for the last 30 minutes of games this year. But as far as a starting winger, he's not there yet. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you watch a Poku, right, he's like, he's just all out all the time, right? You're, it's, you get, you kind of get extremes, right? Which is, to be fair, I think you're, we're kind of getting with that with most of the younger side of the roster, right? Where it's like, you either get mm-hmm. everything or you get nothing, you know, and Farfan's probably the, you know, the same, in that same vein as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Pablo Cisniega again looked good. Um, not still not playing with his feet a whole lot. I noticed he, you know, he slipped a couple passes in between, um, oncoming pressure into uh, Tuesta's feet. So I guess that's some sort of progress. (laughs) The thing that still (laughs) bothers me is, is Segura taking goal kicks. Yeah. I mean, once you see it, it's hard to, it's hard to unsee. Right. Yeah. And then it, then it just kind of eats at you. Like, why, why are we doing this? Can he really not pop the ball up to the fullback if he, if he needs to, if, you know, if there's too much pressure on the, on the center backs, um, before that ball is played, I don't know, but it, it is concerning. Um, a couple other debuts. I mean, Bryce Duke came on at the end, you know, I think that's just Bob trying to figure out something, right. Uh, Janela comes on, move, and that moves blessing back to right back. You can tell he's just kind of like probing. Uh, Edwards comes on to, to try and give you something else. Cal Jennings comes on and it's just not enough the entire time. But again, you're talking about not, you, you know, in terms of the numbers of forwards, you're talking about forwards seven, eight, nine on the depth chart coming on to try and to try and get, win you the game here. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get started on some questions here? No, I mean, I think that pretty well sums up what we've seen for the majority of the match. I mean, there again, it was one of those ones where there wasn't, there's only going to be so much to go over considering we're missing, you know, 79% of the team, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you're missing all that, and ultimately you are second in the West, tied with Seattle behind only the Galaxy. Uh, and again, do standings really matter right now? No, they don't. Um, so we'll just see how it goes over the next... Uh, over the next little while. Okay. Um, first one is from Lionel Hutz at from cheap seat. Josh, what exactly is Edwards bringing to the team other than a warm body? I mean, he was what a, a fullback at one point And then apparently a forward. I swear when they brought him in, when they initially got him in the expansion, it was as a, as a fullback. And somehow he's yeah. worked his way up to playing forward. But I mean, <laughs> you know, I guess, again, it's at, in some of the, at the end of that first game, I'm like, I actually don't mind him being out there because he has, you know, he has some kind of defensive awareness, you know, and bringing in another midfielder who just knows not to be flying up the field at a weird time when, 
you know, when, when Austin's chasing a goal is a good thing, right? Yeah. In, yeah. in, in this game, he's just there to, you know, for, for speed and to stretch the field, right? In, in the, in, again, in this case, the likelihood is that Mahal is not 90 minutes fit, right? For as right, hard as right. he's going. And so you just need someone to be able to come in and stretch the field. And do we have anyone else on the roster? No. No, and I mean, you know, Mahala is also a bit of a straight liner right now. Yeah, you're not going to get weaving runs. You're not going to get a whole lot of combination play right now. Um, I think it'll come. I think you see flashes of it in in Mahala drawing drawing the foul, right? It's off a combination play where he kind of misplays a ball forward and, you know, is lucky lucky enough to be bailed out and tripped. in order to earn the free kick that leads to the goal. Uh, an interesting response here from Donuts at Steely Zidane. Edwards had 13 touches and six possessions lost. So that that's that does not bode well. Um, I, I don't feel like I've seen enough of Edwards to really give any kind of uh, post-mortem, but you're talking about a guy who's bounced around a lot of MLS teams. Um, and hasn't really stuck and that's probably for a reason. You know, you're talking, it's it's going to be, uh, if he's the Dejan Yakovic of wingers, then all right, let's do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, LFC always has this, has these guys on the, on the roster, Adrian Perez, Josh Perez. Um, they, those guys are always kind of around and it's not, you know, it's, it's breaking case of emergency more than anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, so. it's, it's a salary cap league, right? So you're going to have to fill in the bottom yeah. half some yeah. way or another. All right. Next one, Al Hopkins at Culver City. Al, both coaches, both coaches went for the draw. Sadly, good result. I, I don't know. I don't know that Bob did go for the draw. I think he threw out what he what he had. Um, they still played the four three three. I know a lot of people thought the graphic meant that they were going to play a four four two, but I mean they're still out there. They still have. Blessing doesn't start at right back. He starts at at on the wing. Um, so to me, it's, you know, it's, or I guess he started in the midfield, but you could have easily seen it where blessing goes to right back and you bring on Janela or whoever, just to play it safe. Um, and I, I honestly don't know enough about Brian Schmetzer's tactics. I don't, there's not a whole lot of discernible stuff that goes on with them. Um, that's their second game in a three man back line. So I don't know if they changed anything just for the draw or not, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like. When if I want if I think someone's going playing for the draw, I think like you set up in three five two with your full with your your midfielders not moving from you know the eighteen, and you just kind of park yeah, it. Yeah, go the full the full Jose right in the in the four four two. But yeah. absolutely, but you know we didn't really see any of that. It was just kind of the same thing, just with missing pieces. So yeah, and yeah. again, I don't think you see. I think if Bob is just really content with the draw, then I think you you see more defensive minded subs and i mean him throwing out cal jennings to me is a, is a sign that he's just he's trying to get something um, from somebody um next one darmalia at darmalia i don't know if i'm saying that that handle right so tweet at us and let me know uh bryce duke love his work rate bryce is one of those guys uh and i know that i i caped for him especially at the beginning um given my pseudo connection with the Barca Academy here in Arizona, but um, 
I, I do like his game, but he, again, he just looks like a young player, a young, inexperienced player who's going to give you hard minutes and he's going to have to put some more together in order, in order to stick though. Um, I don't know what you, what you saw in him, but I mean, I think with, with him, it's, it's, you see flashes, but never that opportunity, you know, never that complete package, right? Which again, it's true of a lot of the most, if not all of the young players on the roster, right? It's like, you see these moments where you say, oh, that's why, that's why Thornton and Bob signed this kid. And then they'll disappear for, you know, the next 20 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I I think there's room for him to grow, right? I think he does a lot of good things. The question is, Mm -hmm. can he continue to put it together and turn it into something more? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Borrego at El Borrego. How many passes did K give away? I didn't count Josh, but what are your thoughts on this? I mean, he, again, trying to trying, you're having him trying to be the guy who threads it to, you know, Baird and, you know, Baird and Opoku against a three-man backline in mm-hmm. in a mismatching. So, I mean, I'm not going, this isn't the game that I'm going to be the hardest on Mac, on K for. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. again, if, if it's our 4-3-3 versus the Galaxy's 4-2-3-1 and I see him kick the ball directly into Jonah or Jonah's legs 37 times a game, then we're going to have a problem <laughs> because that's basically how we've lost several matches is, right? Like, yeah. you know, just losing the ball or just trying, you know, just basically just kicking it, you know, hucking it forward and then just bouncing off people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, in this one, again, I tactically, I, I'm not sure we had enough there for me to draw a conclusion as to say, Oh, he had a bad game. I think he, in the counter press, he looked fine the way that he always looks fine. You know, um, you know, he's, you know that div- he's a good defensive presence. He's always going to be a you know leader on the field. All those different things keeps the, the midfield stays organized. My guess is he probably is the one organizing Latif right next to him. But yeah. at the same time, like I said, you just again in in a game like this, you, you know, where you're missing a creator, you know, you want a little bit more. You know, and I'm not sure we're yeah. ever going to get that. Same again, same yeah. thing after CCL. Right. One of the, th- I'm glad you brought up the three man back line because it, it does. I think if you have your, um, your usual wingers in place, then it's not such a big deal. But when you are trying to hit uh, two new guys and Barrett and Opoku, those runs are going to be different to try and get in behind a three man back line. So you're beating both the wing back and the, you know, the, the, two center backs on the sides, the right and left center backs. Um, so those angles are different than they would be in a four, three, three, and then it gets a four man back line or whatever. Um, so I, I am going to give him a, a break, a, a pass on this one as well, because I, I don't think it's fair to ask him to perform at this, at the usual level when it's against a, a different formation than they're used to seeing. And it's also with wingers that he's not used to playing with, but all right, we have a, a thread here from Alistair Christie at Christie Alley. Understandably difficult for us when we get around their box, but man, oh man, Seattle are one minor timing issue away from a red card to any of their back three. Some insane decision-making back there. Um, I feel like this is always the case when you play the Cascadia teams, is their center backs are always just going to come in and obliterate people. Um, 
Mabiala from from Portland is the one that immediately comes to mind and, and the challenges that he's put in on on LAFC attackers. Um, or Roman next one Torres says fine with the draw. I'll go ahead. What's that? Sorry. I said or Roman Torres from Seattle yeah. in the last couple of years. <laughs> After Villa uh, one of my favorite goals in LAFC history is is him going to ground so early and Atuesta just sidestepping him and blasting it in the, you know, just top corner. Uh, I love, I love that goal when he just does up Roman Torres like that. Uh, Next one from Alistair Christie. Fine with the draw. I thought Mac was very good and seemed to drop into the sixth roll a lot. Uh, I think this was him. I noticed Mac, especially going over to cover for Farfan when Farfan was out of position. Um, great work rate from the entire team controlled aggression from big Jesus Segura, surprisingly uh, to Westa. Great to see that determination from our guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jesus Mario is fantastic and a huge presence on that back line brings some more physicality back to that line. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? That part? We have one more from him, but. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, there's a lot of good that happened there. Like I said, in terms of K, I think he's asked to, because you you needed Atuesta to be that little bit uh, more of a creator in this, um, you know, as you, after Seattle scored, especially, you know, they're going to kind of have him and, and Blackman, I mean, him and Blessing kind of flatten out into the space and get let him get forward while the, um, while the fullbacks are pushed up, right? Because you're just trying yeah. to get something yeah. at that point. Yeah, Mario, um, I have all the confidence in the world for him, especially if you if you do send Blackman. Um, Mario is really fast for how big he is, too. Uh, and he can chase down wingers and, and push them into the corner uh, to delay for, for everybody to get back. So not worried about him. Uh, next one here says, Farfan will improve, but did better than expected for his first start with us. Again, we've talked kind of about the tepid praise that he got from Bob, the miscues that he had, uh, et cetera, et cetera. This back line with Blackman is the strongest LAFC has ever had, and I think I probably agree with that. My heart is still in my mouth when deep crosses come in at us. Not convinced about Pablo dealing with those constantly yet. Yeah, I mean, keepers, keepers still shaky for us, so... Uh, we've seen big saves out of Pablo, and we've documented his his passing woes pretty thoroughly. But yeah, anything I, mean, else I, on I still think he's a more decisive. I think Pablo's still more decisive than Tyler Miller was with those with those you know those fifty fifty balls. Like he's you yeah, know, like, definitely. I, definitely. I, I know there were there was that moment right when we both you and I were extremely critical of Miller not just wiping Zlatan out with that ball. Yep, and then that just dive at his knees, right? Fifty fifty. Right. Whereas I, I have no doubt that Cisnega will do that and more. Yeah, right. he's diving he on that is, ball. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, he plays with no fear. You know, which is why he's a, such a great, you know, shot stopper. But again, I think there's still mm-hmm. those those little bit of hitches in terms of knowing when to come out and when to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right, and Josh, there's one here um, from Paul Greco that I noticed you responded to. I don't know if you were talking if you were going to talk about it on the next one or this one. But the question is, why do we keep signing injured players? I feel like we keep trying to do these value trades that never work. I prefer we just sign uh, players fit and ready to go for our season. Did you want to take that one now or are you talking about the next one? No, I mean, I think as it pertains to, you know, like this, to me, this this one is targeted at like what happened with Nahar, 
right? Whereas you bring right. in a guy who, you know, it's a value, it's a value him because he was coming off an ACL, right? He just never clicked because he just didn't have that explosiveness that we really needed down that right hand side, right? And then mm. could never stay fit, right? Whereas, you know, whether you know, like, I, and I'm looking down that that injury list, and you know, you know, it's like, well, Baird's well, obviously, and he ended up playing, right? So that I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining about that one. Um. There's two COVID ones, right? And then mm-hmm. that's which is a bit different. And then you now there maybe maybe it's Moon, but I I don't think Moon not playing yesterday was a factor of anything other than Bob doesn't think he's ready, right? Yeah. How long it generally takes most players a while to break into into you know into playing time. You know, like how long do we have to wait before we saw Andre Ord to play? Especially, right? but I mean, and especially the fullbacks. I feel like fullbacks is one of them that takes forever. I mean, how long did we wait to see Palacios, right? Everybody was clamoring, like, why is Harvey still out there? What are we doing? Mohamed El-Munir never really, uh, never really got the nod from Bob. Even, even Blackman last year, right? Where it was like, put this guy out. We don't need Andy Nahar out there. Put Blackman out and stop the center back nonsense. Um, sorry, I cut you off there, but I do feel like fullback is one where especially it takes a long time. Yeah, I mean, because you're... the, the- in in this system, right, they're asked to do a ton, right? And so it's just going to take time for you to be, you know, like Farfan's the, the prime example, right, where it's like yeah. he did a good part, you know, he did well doing part of it, just not all of it, right, which is where I, other people are going to start over him. Right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, so then as we as it pertains to injuries, right, I, you know, I, I don't really, I'm not seeing like a long-term injury, through, you know, like a long-term history of the team signing, you know, injured players, uh, because most of the time it's like there are acute injuries that are, you know, it's like there's nothing you can do about it, right? There's there's pre- these, some of the preventable, you know, non-contact injuries that do occur, right? But we've been fortunate not to have most of those ones with the exception of Vela's hammy, right, in yeah. the Galaxy game where he, you know, and then I guess it, uh, technically in this one too where he's kind of just stretching out weird. But even then, right, it's like if you can pin it down to a specific movement or a movement, you know, like a specific movement, or someone ran into you or those types of things, there's nothing you can do, right? It's, that's just the nature of sports. And that's going to happen, right? Versus some of the chronic ones. Right? I felt like Nahar's injury last year was just a factor of him not never getting to 100% after his ACL, right? And, and again, Dio, you know, had that bum hammy for a while too, mm. um, you know, which again, for him though, it was kind of the same thing, right? He's, you know, charging the way that he always did and then just came up, you know, but that happens in the course of most, of, you know, it'll happen at times. Right? Every, you know, LeBron, who seemed indestructible for a long time, pulls his groin. Now he's out for half the season, right? At, you know, yeah. so those things happen. It's just a matter of now managing it accordingly and going from there. Yeah, I think there will be a time to discuss um, overuse injuries and kind of LAFC's periodization training, um, how heavy the training is week to week. And that's something that you and I don't have a whole lot of insight into. I wish I did because I'd love to like, I'd love to get in on, you know, like what, you know, what does their match day plus one look like match day plus two? What is the sort of training that they're putting the guys through to ensure that they have both the recovery and the tactical periodization that that they need to get ready for the next week? Um, I do, like you said, I, I don't know if it's that time yet. Um, I, I especially agree that I don't know that they have a huge history signing signing injured players, um, but 
it's something to keep an eye on at least with the with the injuries as they pile up to see how long it takes for guys to come back or or how often guys are dropping down because of you know a, a tweet hammy here or whatever it is and then we then we can start talking about overuse and um and that kind of stuff but yeah, and a part anyway. of that is going is the schedule, right? So yeah, it's yeah. with we're still in kind of a weird COVID period. So again, I'm I'm going to reserve judgment until you know things get back a little bit more back to normal in terms of the yeah. scheduling and how some of these things go. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to get to, Josh? No. Um, again, um, okay, as we head into May, you know, again the we still this we're still waiting on final delivery of our. Um, Asian American Pacific Islander scarf. So um, again, if you're if you're interested in one, make sure you get you know send me a message on Twitter. Um, and but otherwise, we'll be posting more information as they come in, probably hopefully in the next week or so. Yeah, if you haven't seen this thing, by the way, everybody, you need to go to the Counterpress uh, Twitter page or to our timeline or to Josh's timeline and take a look because Josh did a fantastic job designing this thing. Um, it looks amazing. So you had, you had the the top design done in the Philippines, right? Both of them. You know, we and then the, the underside is designs. the lay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, obviously, we wanted to kind of get designers who who you know had a feel for you know the the countries that they represent, and that's kind of the whole thing, right? Is just finding that you know I've I've been able to kind of find the a representation within the club, whether it's through you know my relationships with guys like Monty and the Expos or, you know, now there's a little Filipino group. We have this about six of us that, that found each other at one of the games from all a bunch of different supporters groups mm. that we kind of hang out mm-hmm. and, and we'll plan to hopefully eat some Jollibee at one point, but you know, yeah, it's been fun. So now just as kind of a continuation of what that's been for me at the club, you know, in my experience with the club and we want to continue to celebrate those, those, you know, those experiences. Yeah. All right. So again, go there, take a look at it. Um, let us, let Josh know if you're, if you're interested in, in one of them. And I think we're going to be doing some giveaways here once they arrive. Um, so stay tuned for those details. LEFC take on Houston at Houston Saturday at 1230. We will probably be back then to talk about it. Uh, until then you can follow the show at counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh, LEFC, Josh on Twitter. All right. We will talk to you all next week.